Welcome friends to Bound Sisters, a monthly book club with Kelly, Jill, and Miranda. We are three sisters with busy lives, setting aside time to connect through books and fun conversation. Thanks for joining us and we hope you have fun too. On your mark set, go! Thank you. <laughs> now you oh, know where it starts. It was counting down in the corner. Yeah. I pressed start. It went one or three, two, and you were like, okay, let's go. <laughs> countdown. Can't wait. Okay. This month, we read Red Queen by Victoria Aviard. That's how I learned that you say her name, apparently. So, sorry to the first time. How? I said Wait, Avard. how are you saying it? I was always saying Avard, but I guess it's Aviard. Sorry. Who corrected you? The audiobook. When I started listening, I went, whoops. Oh, okay. Maybe they're wrong. You don't know. Avard, Aviard. Victoria wrote it. <laughs> Good old Victoria. Should I give a quick description of the book, or should we just jump in? Just I jump in. We just jump in. Okay. Because they could for sure just read the back of the book. Okay. Well, if you haven't read the book, we are exclusive, exclusively talking about the spoiler. So <laughs> don't listen. <laughs> okay. So when I first started reading this book, I texted my sisters and I said, okay, listen, this sounds a lot like Hunger Games. It also sounds a lot like The Lion King. I'm like... <laughs> So I feel like it's going to be Hunger Games meets The Lion King. And Miranda's like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and then I get to like the 22nd chapter and I'm like, maybe nothing. Like, this is The Lion King. <laughs> so anyways, I just want yeah, everybody yeah, to yeah. know. Whatever. <laughs> I was right. I was right. <laughs> it's got the girl who's special. It's got her love interest from, like, her old life. It's got um, her new love interest from her new life. It's got um, the class system where, like, there's a super low class and a super high class and really nothing in between. There was, like, kind of an in-between because there were silver people who, like, weren't nobles and they weren't powerful Yeah, they enough. weren't as strong as the nobles because the nobles, like you know, intermingle and make their powers really strong. And then there's like the normal silvers who are kind of like, man, I can do stuff. Man. <laughs> man. With like the unicorn hands. Man. There's a little bit of in between there. Yeah. But, and then there's, um, there's like the, the high class people who kind of like agree with the low class people. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, the the rebel group. And then there's... And, and the girl happens to be, like, the poster child for the rebel group. Like, this is, like, Hunger Games, okay? It's, like, Hunger Games. No, it's and different. Then, and then it's, like, the Lion King, because there's the brother who's jealous of the other brother. And the other brother really just wants to be friends. But the the... the the brother who's jealous is like bent on destroying the first brother, but he's like pretending to be all nice and like suave. Anyways, it's the Lion King. <laughs> so I was right. Just want everybody to know that. Good job, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Does anybody else have any thoughts? No, um, that was I great. Love this book. It's my favorite book. I love this book more than The Hunger Games. Um, Fair. That's fair. I love that it has more of a medieval feel mixed with technology versus like whatever was going on in The Hunger Games. There was a lot going on. The Hunger Games is in that like it was everything was like dystopia when Hunger Games came out. All the books. Mm-hmm. Like, the world just kind of, like, ended, and here's this new society that's, like, come up out of it. That's true. At least this is just, like, this is how it's always been sort of thing. Not, mm-hmm. yeah. um, 
not the world had a, a nuclear meltdown and all of a sudden this is how it yeah. is. Although I'm really curious about this, the radiation place that they found. I'm curious so. about that. Oh, like the tunnel, the um, tunnels, whatever. Yeah, and they were all worried about them. Uh, well, Maven was worried about them. Anyways, so turns out that this mare girl has powers, right? She didn't know. Nobody knew. I actually thought that she might have powers because of the whole thing with her dad when he was working on their generator. And she, she like, touches like, it and it sparks to and life. It, and it came back to life. I was like, oh, she's magic. <laughs> See, I just, I just really know things. And she goes, weird. And her dad goes, yes, weird. <laughs> I thought her dad knew. <laughs> Probably. Like, her dad probably might have sent something because her brother was different too. Mm-hmm. And if it's a gene mutation, then maybe like it comes from her maybe dad's her side. Dad's so. different and he just doesn't say anything. Maybe. Or like a sibling or something. So maybe it's not like the craziest thought to him that she might be able to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, the, one of the questions of uh, the thing where Miranda sent out study questions. <laughs> I make my sister study the books they read. Um, <laughs> it is revealed that Silvers are aware of some Reds having powers. Do you think the Silvers know about Mare's powers before she discovers them? Why or no, I not? So, I don't think that they necessarily knew about Mare's powers. But I do think, because Julian brought up that there was a bunch, like, a list of people. Yeah who had these powers um, that he discovered this gene mutation in their blood. And um, all of these or a bunch of people were missing, like declared missing um, from combat, presumed dead. Mm -hmm. And um, I wonder if they're just like hiding all of these people because then her brother, it like comes is like alive. Her brother is supposed to be dead but then he's like alive. And so I'm wondering if that was just their way of like well sweeping these people under the brother, rug. Yeah. They went to the his farm. Brother could teleport. Isn't that his special thing? Yeah. So I yeah, don't so think that's they, how he got away. Right. So I think they did try to kill him. Like they killed every all of the ones that they could find. I just don't think they real. I don't think they realized he could teleport, or maybe they thought they had control of his teleporting. I think they and knew so- that red people could have powers, but they hadn't put it together of like if their blood looks like this, then they will have powers. So we should go hunt all of the people who have blood that looks like this. Like I don't think yeah. they've put that together yet. Which doesn't make sense because like you would think that that would be the first place that they would look is their blood. Like, they have blood smears from every red person from birth. Like, you would think that that would be the first place that they would oh, look. Looking. Kind of like a um, kill all the firstborn children sort of thing. You know, like, you. Yeah. I don't know. You would just think they're not you very smart, think. those people. Well, they're probably also <laughs> like, they're just red people. It doesn't matter. Oh, that was one of the other things, I think. Hold on. Oh, so like, you asked if powers are what make everyone special. Why does the silver royal family go to such lengths to cover up what Mary's red is blood? That her blood is red. I, why isn't her special power enough? What do you mean by that? Why isn't her special power enough? Why are they still what's like the separating the red people from the silver people? Yeah. If the red people still have, have the same abilities, why are they still saying that reds are only worth being alive right. for manual labor, whereas silvers right. are or like how higher. we were talking about, like not all these silvers are like these amazing super people. Like they're simply better than reds because of the color of their blood. But then you have red people who are these amazing, powerful people, but they're still trying to like hold them down. Like you would think they would separate by who has the powers and who doesn't. Yeah. Versus, oh, you like, mean like separate the red people? Yeah. Well, not like I just think it's in all general, of- like the but the color of your blood like shouldn't matter if you're trying to like 
have like the strongest noblest people or whatever right you would just care who has strong powers Mm -hmm. I think it's just all about power period like like they had all of those um what do they call them at the beginning what do they call those what like the fights between the two silver people the battles like that the red people had to watch yeah like they had a bunch of those just as a way to um like flaunt strength basically mm-hmm. so i think that the silver people and then when mare suggests to cal if his kingdom just decided that red people weren't beneath them that all of the other people would follow suit and cal is just kind of like that's not how that works like other people are going to feel threatened by this and then come for our kingdom because our kingdom will be now seen as weak because we even entertain the idea of giving these red people like the humanity basically. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That was my thought with that was that um, I don't think it has anything to do with the red people specifically. I think it has to do with, Oh, this girl has power she was caught on live stream having power. We have to do something to stop these red people from thinking that they are just as good as us or that they have the potential to be just as good as us. I think that, that it was more about that than anything else. Yeah. One other thing that I thought was interesting from like the beginning of the book was like just the fact that like having a job stopped the red people from like going to war. And so I was like, why, like, why, I didn't, maybe I just missed it, but I didn't understand why Mare just didn't have a job. She wasn't good at anything. Nobody wanted her to have a job. <laughs> Nobody would give her a job. Because it's like, not like. She didn't have any skills. Yeah, it's not like you can just go and apply for a job. You have to go and you have to apprentice with someone. And through apprenticing, you get a job. And so nobody right, would Right, because when, her. when her friend Kaloran, when his, uh. Yeah, it's a apprentice Like, he's like, nobody's taking on any more apprentices, so now I have to go to war. So maybe it's a supply and demand situation. Mm-hmm. Only in reverse, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Availability. I, I guess, is Giza younger than Mare? Yeah, she's I 14. So. Yeah, so I was just, like, confused how, like, None of her brothers or her, like, Giza's literally the only one that was able to secure an apprenticeship out of all the siblings. Yep. I just thought, I just thought that was interesting. I was like, Giza's like, wow. really good at sewing, and so she got an apprenticeship with a fabric maker, just whatever they're called. But yeah, I, I, I was just, she was like an embroiderer, though, wasn't she? She yeah. did something along that line. I just thought it was so weird that they had. What, like three or four boys? Three. And then they had Mare. And th- so they have five kids. And only one was able to secure a job. And Maybe not- that's just how bad it is. <laughs> well, and it doesn't seem that they, like, travel outside of their town either. Because when she was going to the capital, she was, like, going through all these towns that she'd never seen before. So, like, it feels like they're, like, born in a town. And then they just, like, stay there. Until they die or go to war. One of the two. I had a thought. Hold on. Oh, it's gone. My thought's gone. Okay, okay. Bye, thought. Oh, wait. No. So I thought for sure. (laughs) It came back with a fury. I thought for sure that that guy, the, what did they call him? The Whisperer uh, Samson. Oh. At the very beginning when they're watching these two guys fight. I thought for sure Samson would be, like, important to the story. And I guess he is in the sense that it shows that there's, like, a wide range to powers. And his power was the power to, like, make people do things. Mm -hmm. And kind of like Maven's mother. Like, that's her same power, right? Yeah. So, but I thought for sure, like, he was going to be, like, the person that shepherded mare through this whole experience he just goes away though he never comes back (laughs) i think he was more of just used like used to show what the power can do that way when you meet 
what is her name? Alara, the queen. Uh-huh. And Mare's like, oh, she's a whisper. Then you can re- reference back to that guy and be like, oh, she's scary. I didn't actually ever reference back to that guy. Well, you should have. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting. It seemed like not a lot of people had like the same powers. Well, I think they were yeah. like within families and it seemed like um, they were passed down through... Like the paternal line, like the fathers could pass down their powers to the children, but the mm-hmm. mothers didn't usually. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. What was Maven's power? I forget. He's also fire. I do think that. Um, so, like, when Mare gets to the palace and she's all confused and she doesn't know who she can trust, and um, she's obviously being used for something because um, because the queen is like a she devil. But I think that she has a hard time knowing who she can trust. And then um, and then she finds Julian, who is the old queen's brother, brother. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, like, telling her that she shouldn't trust certain people. But then she's like, I must see something in this person that he doesn't see. And I just feel like that was the wrong choice. <laughs> With Maven? With Maven, yeah, specifically. But, because obviously his mother's wicked. And then um, Julian's like, Maven is his mother's son. And she's like, oh, he just doesn't. That Like, that's such a teenage response, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he just doesn't see what I see in him. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, like, given the plot twist at the end, um... I feel like, because in the beginning, when they're, like, announcing who she's going to marry, she was like, he didn't look happy. He was, like, you know, he's, he's just kind of scowling, I think, is how, I don't know. Anyway, she, he was not happy that she he was going to have to marry him. And then, like, later on, all of a sudden, he's, like, this nice, sweet guy. And she's like, oh, I, like, must have just misunderstood him. I think he was showing his true colors there. In the beginning. And then, yeah, and his and mom then, like pulled him aside at some point and was like, "Look, this is what's in her head, and you need to do this." And he was like, oh, "Okay, right. <laughs> right." She was like, "Hey, you need to be sweet to her and like get her to trust you because we're going to use her to make you king." Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "Okay, well, I can play this role, you know." Yeah. yeah, and I think that it's so like Cal doesn't immediately like agree with Mare about. Um, what he should be doing with his kingdom. Like, and I feel like that's an appropriate response because for one, like these, this red guard group is like super terrorist, right? Like they're like blowing Mm -hmm. stuff up in the capital, just trying to, not from his point of view, like just trying to incite fear of this group of people and trying to get attention. And to him, he's like, well, you know, he's, he's like, he thinks that he's thinking of everybody as a whole, just like keeping the peace and keeping it as it is. And I feel like that's an understandable response, especially since he's being groomed to be like the ruler of this kingdom for his whole life. And I think Mare dismisses him too quickly for that. And then Maven is just like, oh, yeah, like, let's go join this red guard. And those like, that's not red flags. Like, <laughs> his mother is super wicked. And you just think that this boy is going to be like, yeah, let's. And he has, like, this sob story about his friend in the front lines and stuff like that. But I do think that Maven did have actual real feelings for Mare. And I think that when he saw her kissing his brother, that that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And then he was just like, Cal's going to take everything from me all the time. Like, I'm never going to get anything. And then he was like, gung ho about getting revenge. Yeah. What do you think, Jill? <laughs> I'm <laughs> Do you have thoughts? Your face says you have thoughts. No, I was just being funny. Um, <laughs> I I can see that. I guess I hadn't thought about that. 
Um, I expected like Cal to be um, like their relationship to be more like connection early on, and I was happy that it wasn't like. I feel like that's kind of, I don't know, like, the standard. So I feel like this book was a little bit different in that their relationship, I mean, they still don't even really ever establish that they, like, actually have feelings for each other other mm-hmm. than, like, their few kisses that they've had, but... It was a refreshing twist of pace. Yeah, yeah. it was, like, different than other things because I feel like, you know, comparing this to Hunger Games, again... Like, Hunger Games, very, like, right from the beginning, right? There's, like, Peta and Gale and Katniss, and it's, like, instantly this, like, love triangle from the get-go. And, like, this one, this just story, it wasn't like that. And I not liked it. I think their their love triangle is less of a love triangle and more of a trust triangle. Of, like, Mare's not so worried about who she's going to have a relationship, but more of like, who's going to keep me alive. Yeah. Yeah. Or who's going to like, who maybe not alive. Like, cause obviously I feel like Cal is much better at keeping her alive. Well, yeah. Than <laughs> Maven. But I feel like Maven is the one she decides to trust because he makes it seem like he actually cares about her people. Mm-hmm. Like the red people, he makes it seem like he actually cares about what happens to them, and where she doesn't see that from Cal. Yeah. So, and then he like takes her out on the town and like shows that he can, you know, hug the widows and kiss the babies. You know what I mean? Like he's like the princely prince, and she's like Maven was made to rule but cal was born to it or whatever she said and i feel like that's a really unfair um i don't know i guess assessment of them the other thing i just thought of was that did did her and kalorn have like a relationship more than just being friends do you feel like or like was it I feel like Kaloran has feelings for Mare, and Mare, if she took the time to, like, think about it, she might have feelings for him, but I don't think she had feelings for him. Like, they didn't, they weren't, like, secretly dating or anything, right? No. No. Okay. Because I just feel like maybe if it was, like, a different world where they didn't both kind of have this, like, looming... Like, we're going to go off to war, and that's going to be, like, the end of our story. Like, maybe those two would have eventually... Well, I think at one point she's like, if my life hadn't changed, then, yeah, I probably would have, like, married him. So I feel like, like, ultimately, she she would choose Kalorn over Cal or Maven. And I think along, like, with what Kelly was saying, how... Like, she's just kind of in this new world, and she just has to survive. Because even Mm -hmm. in the beginning, when she first was, like, you know, pulled from the arena or whatever, and they're, like, explaining what she, what her role is now, and, like, how she has to pretend to be this new person, she was like, they're not going to keep me alive forever. Yeah. Like, I think I kind of, she knew that that was kind of the pathway, or if she screwed up, like, she could easily be removed or whatever, like. She, she didn't have it in her head that, like, oh, finally I'm saved. I'm going to live this great life. I don't have to be a red anymore, whatever. I think that, like, kind of what Kelly was saying, it was just who was going to get her to live the longest. Um, I do think towards, like, the end, she was starting to have, like, real feelings for Cal, do you think? I do think she had feelings for Cal, like, especially when she first met him and he was sympathizing with her. But then like she kind of... Like, before he took her to the city? Yeah, like... Uh, when she like, when she didn't know him. that he was the prince? Yeah. And I think that if, like, she hadn't figured out he was the prince and had that kind of view on him... Because I think once she starts to... When she realizes he's the prince and she starts to see, like, he's very loyal to his dad and to the Silvers, then she starts to, like, force herself not to like him anymore, if that makes sense. Right, like, she kind of, she just sees, there's a few times where she says, like, um, she, like, she was just mad at him, and she was like, this, he's not a good guy, he's, like, with his dad, 
Maven's the one that's going to help me save my people. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think, I think Calvin like repeatedly shows that he cares about people and about his kingdom, but he had, he's been taught to think a certain way and she can't get past that of like, yeah. I, now I just have to help him think this way. <laughs> like, yeah. Not so much like I have to change him, but like I have to show him that there's another side. Yeah. Something else that I just kind of thought about was that like this isn't something I've ever had to go through. So I didn't really think about it reading it. But I also feel like maybe she's in such a survival mode. Like personally, like I want to put a relationship on her. Right. And I want to believe mm-hmm. that like she's searching for love. But maybe she's just in like such a survival mode that quite honestly these relationships are just useful enough to keep her alive. Like, yeah. Like she'll play any part. She'll, she'll be happy and like in love with air quotes with anybody who's going to help keep her alive until she gets to like a point where she actually feels safe. Maybe like later on in different books. Cause how many books are in this series? Four. So maybe, I don't know. I think that if Cal had been a little more like had a little more sympathy for the Reds that she would have had, she wouldn't have just like run to Maven. Like it would have been more of a difficult choice for her. Well, and he also had like Evangeline too, right? Who he had to like publicly be in a relationship with. And so even like any feelings that she might have been developing for him, like, she couldn't fully immerse herself in those because he was betrothed to somebody else. I mean, he was the so. one who initiated the kiss, and they're both betrothed to someone else. That's true. <laughs> he was like... Well, and I think, too, like, when they were in the, like, uh, execution thing, like, at first she was just kind of hiding behind him and watching him and worrying about him, but not really. She wasn't able to do anything. Yeah. And then, then when she was able to start fighting back, it was like she was fighting. But then she noticed that he was in danger. And so she, like, ran to him to try and save him. And so I think, like, ultimately, I think you're right. Like, if Cal had just, like, shown any sort of sympathy toward the red people, that she would have been... It would um, have been such a, like... A little bit more, easy like... Easy decision. Team Cal. Yeah. The other thing that I, yeah. that I, like, didn't really get. So, Arvin, what's his name, right? He was, yeah. like, their training teacher. And he could, like, restrict their powers, right? hmm Yeah. And so, when they were in the room, when the king got killed, he was restricting Cal and Mare, right? Yeah. Yeah. I always, I just thought it was interesting because, like, I don't know. She, I don't know. I guess I feel like her powers were slightly different, like Julian, Julian told her, mm-hmm. where she... Like, you would think that his powers wouldn't work so well on yeah, her. Yeah, because, because she, she, she creates doesn't... it within herself versus pulling from other things. Right, so you would think that his powers would work at least differently with her because her power is coming from within instead of... yeah having to siphon it from something right. else. So like the way I would imagine him working is that he almost puts like a shield or like a block around you to where you can't access the things around you. Right? Yeah. Right. Like you mean like his power works that right. way for right. other like people? Like an imaginary kind of shield or whatever that he could project onto you. So that like if you yeah. can manipulate water, right? put a shield around you you can no longer manipulate the water outside of you right i don't know so i just felt like maybe she should have had like an upper edge on that but author's notes (laughs) (laughs) you ever do a rewrite (laughs) so like i thought that the farley lady was an interesting character in the audiobook the lady makes her australian (laughs) british i don't know remind me she reminds me of like um like a like a pirate kind of <laughs> yeah. like very outcast, okay, so like, very like 
like to the gr- I don't know. You know in Wreck It Ralph. Wait, wait, wait. You know the lady in Wreck It Ralph who falls in love with the Fix It Felix. Oh yeah, the one from the, the oh, yeah. Space Invader game. Yeah. Yes, that's who I imagine Farley as. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I can see that as like her look. But her voice reminded me of, you know, in the Supernatural series, the uh, the British girl that they meet, she's like conniving. What is her the name? British girl. Yeah, it's like earlier on in the series. Her name is maybe Victoria, something like that. Anyways, her the way she does her voice sounds like that girl. <laughs> now you're going to have to go back and like watch it on Netflix and look for this lady. <laughs> but um that's what it reminded me of when she was talking was that was that was her voice. So it was like Wreck It Ralph meets Supernatural. Supernatural. And you get <laughs> We're just blending I don't know what kids movie this is coming from in my head, but I imagine this like cat pirate. <laughs> Person is human and goes cat with a pirate hat. <laughs> ding, ding. I it, it was just a voice in the audiobook that I was like, <laughs> I don't know f- what kid movie it's from, but it's from somebody. She has a feline voice. You oh, I was also thinking that. Um, the end a little bit surprised me because when they were like fighting in the arena um, and like, it looked like all was lost. Mm -hmm. Right. And they, they won, but they were going to execute them anyway. And all of this stuff. And um, I thought that for sure, because I didn't think Farley and her group of miscreants, I didn't think that they died. Because that seemed a little too convenient uh, that they died. just, like, ran off into when, the like, tunnel. Like, they went down there and shot everybody? Yeah, like, I felt that that was a little bit, like, too convenient for Maven. You know what I mean? Like, that he oh, could just kill off the whole Mayor Red Bandit And didn't see group. it happen. Well, she, like, heard it, but she didn't see it happen. And we know Maven and his mom like to make up stories, so. Yeah. Well, so, like, I thought that for sure Farley... Or somebody that she had passed on this list of names to went and gathered all of these red magical people and that they came to the arena and that they were gonna like save the day. Like that's how I felt like that was going to Yeah, like just all of a sudden like a just a herd of like people are like popping up from the corners and they're like, We will save That's what I for sure thought. I didn't think that it was gonna be like that now all of a sudden Mare can make electrical storms and like it's thunder and stuff like that. Like, well, I know it just seemed a little bit bigger, like more grand than she, but mm-hmm. I guess she felt like she was going to die. So yeah. there's that. Maybe that brought it out of her. Another, uh, something else. I feel like I just keep like butting in. Another thing <laughs> I wanted to say, <laughs> but I find it interesting that with the first queen, Everybody thought that um, she, like, used her powers to get into her position, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there was that rumor. Mm-hmm. But then Maven's mom has... Did use like, her powers to get like, into her position. Di- her power is different, right? Because that one was... The first queen was a singer, and the second queen was a whisper, right? Mm-hmm. But she was obviously able to control Cal to make him kill his dad. 
So yeah. she can read thoughts and control people. So why are people not like, oh, she probably also, like, why is it so hard for people to believe that she didn't somehow manipulate this situation, especially when the only footage they have is from the point of Cal trying to kill the dad, the king, like. Right. Well, and like, Cal has been so loyal. Like, up until this point, Cal has been so loyal to his father and to his father's cause and all of that, like. Now he decides to kill his dad. Like nobody questions that. Yeah. Nobody's like, this is very weird. Nobody's (laughs) like, can we see the five minutes of footage before this point? (laughs) Is there is there audio to go along with this? Like they're just like, oh, who can read lips? Who can read lips? (laughs) It starts with him walking across the floor and trying to kill his dad. That's where the footage starts. And cool. We'll just accept that. Yeah, that was a little well, weird. I think a lot of people in this story are do a lot of blind obedience, and they just trust whatever anybody says, and they're like, "Yes, you're right." <laughs> this is the that's true. Even Evangeline, when she like the she was like she was betrothed to Cal, and she saw what Mare was capable of, and she knew that it was her real actual power. Even her, they had convinced it was all yeah. trickery. And then when she realizes that it really is a power, when, you know, Mara's, like, fighting her to the death, she's like, oh, it's yeah. real? Mara's like, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you dumb? Like, you knew that this was my power. You, like, you knew. We fought before. Yeah. This is, shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. So I thought for sure, like, when she said that she didn't see Victoria, like, up in the stands with Maven, like, just ready to marry the next new king, I thought for sure that Victoria had questions, but, <laughs> yep. Victoria does have questions, that's why she wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> How many times did I call her At Victoria? Least two. How many times? Okay, Evangeline <laughs> is her name. Not Victoria. Correct. But I don't know. That's what I thought. I thought that she was smarter than that. I guess I gave her more credit than she needed. (laughs) Well, it does talk about how... um, I don't know if it was just the Sentinels or if it was other people, but they talk about how they weren't very smart because that's not what they were trained for. Like, they didn't need them to be smart. And so, like, Evangeline... Yeah, but this is the girl who is supposed to be the queen of the kingdom. You would think that she would be, like, trained more in, like, the art of politics and socializing and how to scheme versus, like, the are just war. So the other question that I had was... So they have, like, all these different families, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, how many different families were there? Because I feel like at least 20 girls were in the Queen's trial. Yeah. And they all come from, like, a separate family. Right? Yeah. Maybe. And so, and then, like, each family has, like, hundreds of thousands of people. I feel like they should each be kingdoms. This was kind of similar to Brave, also, if you want to, like, relate this to other stories. That's true. Where there's, like, one king over all these other kingdoms. Yeah. And, like, they're all coming to, like, battle for the hand of the royal, the firstborn. But I feel like that's true with most kingdoms, right? Because there's, like, kings, and then well, there's, like, lords there and dukes and... Well, um, it, I think of it as, like, I don't know if you guys have seen Bridgerton, but I think of it, like, in Bridgerton, where all those girls came to, like, show themselves to the queen... And they weren't necessarily yeah. like they weren't necessarily other kings and queens, like they weren't other princesses. They were just like their family was a strong family and they would be a good match for another strong family. Yeah. I guess. But- no, I like I could see where they could maybe need to be other kingdoms, but I think that, that would probably I think it's more like uh this family aligned them, like aligned themselves with this other powerful family in order to create a kingdom kind of like brave where it was like, they just like decided that this family was going to be the emperor, the head, I guess. Cause they the called it a family. dynasty. 
Well, the yeah. goal is to make like their powers the strongest powers. So they always marry the strongest girl from oh, the strongest trial. Yeah, that's why they're showing off their powers is to show them how strong they are. And then they decided that Evangeline was the strongest option out of all the other ones. And if they paired her well, with Cal. It was Mare. <laughs> I thought for sure that she was going to get paired with Cal and that Evangeline was going to be all like. Oh, because she's a red. Butthurt about it. Blood. Can't give her the but, king. That's true. Yeah, because then any future heirs would be mixed blood. Yeah. That's true. That, that would not be good. And then, yeah, like, what are you going to Yeah, and then you're going to have this, like, mixed blood royal family. And then once the scheming queen is, like, out of the picture, then the secret's going to come out. And the whole setup is just going to crumble. Mm-hmm. Going to do that. Whatever. So. <laughs> so, but then at the end, like... So, like, Cal saves Mare, right? And then... Well, they kind of save wakes each up on other. This... That's true. <laughs> but they then they wake up on this train, and Mare's, like, laying in somebody's lap. And then um, she sees Cal, and he's all, like, tied up. And I think that... So, Farley decides that she can't trust Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think that, and I don't know how this is possible, but I think that Farley doesn't understand Cal. Like, I don't think that she understands, like, the extent of his power. Because if he was really untrustworthy, like Mare was saying, like, he could easily break, All like, of them. The, yeah. the bonds and then kill everybody and then, like, escape with his life. Yeah. But, I mean, really, like, where's he going to go? Everybody saw him kill his dad, and they all believe that he did it on purpose. And yeah. um, I think that that's really what's keeping him alive. It's just the fact that he's got really nowhere to go. But, um, like, I can also see it from Farley's point of view, too, because she trusted his brother, and they totally, like, he totally just, like, yeah. Yeah. She's like, um, I've trusted one royal, and that. Fool me once, shame on you, kind of situation. Yeah. So, but I also don't believe that Cal necessarily would be on the side of the Red Guard. I think that, like, I, like before he was talking about um, how changing things up would just start, like, a massive war, like, between kingdoms war. Mm-hmm. And I think that in his mind, even though he's a soldier, he doesn't actually... Like, he's a soldier and he's trained to fight, but he doesn't actually enjoy bloodshed. Yeah. Whereas, like, um, I feel like his brother is just, like, he's like, kill them all. But, so I don't think that he would necessarily join the Red Guard because he doesn't believe in their cause, even though he really doesn't have anywhere to go. If there was, like, an opportunity for him to break away and, like, fulfill his own agenda... I think that he would, would. for sure. He would do what he feels is best because he still feels loyalty to the kingdom because that's what he was like born and bred to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Either that or he's going to, I mean, did we find out that Julian died? I can't remember. Did Julian get killed? Maybe he's not safe. But I don't remember if he actually says that he's dead. But he definitely says, like, we got Julian. Yeah, but Maven's a liar, so... Yeah. I don't know that I would trust anything that he said. I did. I couldn't believe how many... Like, multiple times the line, like, anybody can betray anybody is, like, brought Uh up. And every time, I'm just like, oh, dang it! Like, what? Like... Why didn't we see it? <laughs> like every time, like, oh, you got me again. <laughs> that's what I felt like every time I read that line. I felt like the first time it was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, anybody can betray anybody. And then, like, the next time I was like, oh, dang, that conniving person. Okay, like, anybody can betray anybody. <laughs> and then, like, there's like, Maven turning on Mare, and she's like, 
anybody can betray anybody. And I'm like, dang it! <laughs> Jill's like, you should have told me. And yeah, I mean, he's like, yep, right there, right there, right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a, a wake yep. up call every time. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. I do think though, like that, I feel like, okay, I feel like Mayor has a lot of really high expectations for people and their like ability to be a person, especially specifically with Cal. Because like this question that we have here is like, um, do you agree with Mayor's conclusion that he's broken and he doesn't want to fight anymore? Literally, okay? Cal's last 48 hours, okay? In the 48 hours that he's been alive, the last 48 hours, he has been forced to kill his father, realized his brother is completely untrustworthy, like, has been sentenced to death, has escaped certain death, almost drowned... Like, he's had a really rough past couple of days, right? Okay. Yeah. And she's like, oh, he's lost his fighting spirit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, can you just give the man a, mi- a minute? Just give him a minute to, like, <laughs> he lost his father, if, if nothing else. Like, his dad just died. And you expect him to just springboard back to life. Like, not even his dad just died. Like, because does he even have, like, memory? Because it said, like, when after he killed him, he kind of was, like, in shock and, like, horror. So was he even, he was, like, consciously aware of his actions as he was doing them. I think when Alara does her mind stuff, they, people can see, they can see what they're doing. They just can't control themselves. Whereas, like, when people whisper... Well, like, Julian had to tell them to forget. Oh, okay. So he was like, you're going to do this, and you're not going to remember it. So. Yeah. So, like, he watched himself kill his father. Like, that's a big, that's, that's huge. Especially if you don't actually want to kill your father. Like, (laughs) like, that's huge. I don't know. I just think that her, expectations her expectations of him emotionally are just like superhuman expectations here. That's probably (laughs) accurate. She probably just feels like, like her whole life was just nothing. Like not nothing, but like, you know, it was so awful and she'd been through so much and she was expected to just like get up every day and like keep going. And so she probably looks at Cal as like, you've had such a good life. Like, you probably just don't know how to, like, get up and keep going through, like, the trauma, Maybe. you know? Well, I think Mare also has really bad tunnel vision and is, like, like, she wants everybody to sympathize with her, but she can't sympathize with other people type of a situation. Right. Like, anytime Maybe. somebody is like, well, you could feel, like, a little sorry for the silver. She's like, no, I won't even think about what their lives could be like. They just are Right, awful. like, it's the idea oh, of, yeah, like, like, not everybody is all bad and not everybody is all good. Like, everybody has shades to their personality and things that they're willing to do or willing to sacrifice. This boy that she thought she was in love with, this maven, like... <laughs> like he sentenced how many people to death for a cause that he didn't actually believe in i mean she didn't know that at first but still like she like these good people he gave their names to somebody who he knew was gonna kill them to set an example Mm -hmm. like that's stupid for one like i don't know why farley and the Red Guard or whatever. I don't know why they decided that they needed to start killing people. They decided to do that. Like, I don't understand. Did they? Did he put that thought in their mind? I don't remember. But, like, I don't know what, I don't, I, I think Cal was right at that point. Like, they're not just a rebel group. Like, at this point, they're a terrorist group because now they're killing people. Like, they're yeah. not just trying to make a stand or to fight back or anything like that. Now they're like 
murdering people and not just like people just like random just random people that they were just given the names of they don't know these people mm-hmm. like these are actually or like why maven chose right. them like or... why are there not why are people not asking more questions they were just like thanks i have so many questions <laughs> like so like so like back to miranda's like comment about how she's not able to be like empathetic wasn't there, like, in the beginning when she was first getting to know Cal, they had a conversation, and she was kind of just, like, he doesn't, like, she had, like, no empathy for him because she was, like, he's a prince or whatever. Like, he's obviously had no hardships in his life. Wasn't there a conversation like that? Or did I make that up? Yeah, I don't know. But that seems to be her general, um, before she gets to know really any of the people around her, like, that seems to be her general thoughts toward think, these silver people i think you might be thinking about the time when he's like getting ready to go to war and she's like for for reds to go to war it's scary for silvers to go to war it's like a vacation i do remember her saying that yeah i remember that but maybe it was that same conversation when was that i'll look it up which is weird for her to think that because his like his group of guys he was going with were going for a total and he told her that like we're not going just to watch people die and to order them around like we're going to fight beside them yeah like we're gonna be dressed like them we're gonna be like everything so that nobody can tell who we are yeah so i don't know why like, I really do think that she has, like, a... She was like, this will just be fun yeah, for them. Yeah, like, it'll be like a... She has, like, a tunnel vision issue, like you said, where she just thinks that... And and do you think that they really just want to go? Because I'm sure these other kingdoms have their red people fighting for them. So... Yeah. That's one thing I didn't really understand. Like, who are... Who is this war against? Because it's not a rebellion. It's not like a civil war. Right, it's like no, they're fighting against the Lakelanders, which is another yeah, which is kingdom? another kingdom of silvers. Okay, and they also have reds in the same way. That's why Cal is like, if we accept the reds, then the other kingdoms will see us as weak because they don't. Well, and also like, why are these red people fighting against other red people? Like, why are they not like, hey, like. Let's stop fighting. Right. Right. Like that guy over there told me to shoot you. But if you don't listen to your guy over there and you don't shoot me, then I won't shoot you. And let's be friends. Let's shoot them. I don't know. Like, they're not bulletproof. Anyways, thought that that was kind of weird. But and then like, I don't know what joy really. Uh. Mare thinks that Cal is going to get from killing a bunch of red people. Like him and his pl- on, his, on vacation. his vacation. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. Anytime, like, Cal is like, like when he's like, I'm going to go hunt the, the red guard or what, the Scarlet Guard. And she's like, oh, he just enjoys murdering. And it's like, that's not what he said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on there. <laughs> I'm going to go find the people that blew up and tried to murder a bunch of people. And she right. said, you just like murdering reds. <laughs> Let's listen to understand, not listen to respond. Okay? It's like, wait, wait, those aren't the words that I said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I get it. Like, okay. her life has been really hard and she's got some, like, serious resentment yeah like she's got a sheer it's like a chip on her shoulder for real about these silver people which is understandable also because they don't make life easy for them but then like look yeah. at the people who work in the factories they don't even get to see the sun great town the town where they have yep. to set up borders so that pollution doesn't yeah. come out yeah when they like pass the town was it the techies that they like yeah, They're just the, in buildings all the time. Is that the pollution one? The town is called Gray Town because it's gray. <laughs> and everybody there is gray. And 
She's like, wow, your guys They're really life- inventive with their names. Yeah. She's like, your guys' lives uh, are worse than mine. Yeah, and she's sitting there thinking that she has a terrible life. Maybe these techie people should resent you because you get to live, like, near the water and get to see the sun and all that stuff. Maybe they should think that you think that you're above them. I don't know. I think there's a real lack of empathy just in general in this story. Like, nobody can really see where anybody else is coming from. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but, and I want to kind of know, like, even, like, the queen, like, why is she so mean? Like, what happened to her? What happened to her? Why are you like this? (laughs) I think she just wanted the power. I think she saw an opportunity to get the crown. And she wanted it. She, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 wa- I want to say that there's good in all people and bad in all people, but maybe she's just bad. <laughs> well, and also, like, I, from the get-go, why was she ever put in a position where she would be able to control the the old queen, like Cal's mother? Like, who is she? Like, where did she come I from? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she just came from like the queen's trial, and she was just a friend of. The other, I don't know. I mean, they they're constantly inviting the other houses to come over, right? Like, and like this whole queen's trial thing. Like, even after they picked Evangeline and Mayor, like it's not like everybody left. They were still there. The all the kids were still training together. Yeah, but it didn't seem like they were Arvid. children when she died. Like it's not like they were training. Was, no, like no. But, well, Cal was two when his mom died. Right, but she was already queen at that point. Yeah, but I'm assuming they probably had a kid right after they got married. Right, so if you're thinking, like, Calvin and Mare and all of them, like, the age that they're at, like, only two years in the future from this, like, that's not far enough, like, a a time distance-wise for anybody that she made friends with in school and training to just be like, oh, you're never coming to my kingdom again, like... I guess. Yeah. So do you think that they were friends? I don't think Maybe. they were friends, or, but I think that they had close proximity to each other. And, like, maybe similarly to, like, how, like, Evangeline was, like, um, weren't there, like, a group of girls there that were, like, mocking? Yeah, she had her group of meals. Um, yeah, so, like, they weren't really friends, but they were there together, and they trained together, and they had meals together, and, mm-hmm. you know... I think that's probably, if I had to guess, that's what I would guess, is that... She was, like, in the court. Like, she's, like, a member of the court or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, does anybody have any more thoughts? I think those are all my thoughts. I'm out of thoughts for the day. <laughs> Jill does not think anymore. <laughs> nope. Okay. So what would you rate the book? I would write... I would put it out of four. Not, like, a 4.2? <laughs> No, because there, there were some things I would change, remember? There, yeah. was, there were some flaws. Yeah, no, just a steady four. Because I would definitely have made her powers a little bit more stronger against Arvin. <laughs> I would maybe do a 4.2, mostly because I thought it was a good book. <laughs> I probably will. Where'd you go? I oh, probably I will you. read the rest of them. And but but like, I'm not gonna like go buy twenty copies and like hand them out to all of the people I know. <laughs> You're like knocking on people's door. Have you heard about good? I'm not gonna become <laughs> missionary for the Mayor Barrow. <laughs> um, and there were things that I would change, but I will probably continue reading the series. So I would say probably a four point two is a good is a good rating. Um, well, this is my favorite series. Well, one of my favorite series. And it's the series that got me into fantasy reading. So it's a five for me. <laughs> I made my sisters read it. So I'm obviously shoving it down people's throats. <laughs> she's there. She's already. She's obsessed. <laughs> All right. So next month, what did I decide? I, I decided. I bought the book. Oh, good. So Miranda bought the book. 
so he can't change it now. Change it now. <laughs> it's too late. Hold on. What was it called? The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. So hold on. I'll read you the synopsis. I've never heard that word before. This is just from the back of the book. So um, yes. reclusive Hollywood icon Evelyn Hugo is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life. But when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant to write her story, no one is more astounded than Monique herself. Determined to use this opportunity to jumpstart her career, Monique listens in fascination. From making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s to leaving show business in the 80s and, of course, the seven husbands along the way, Evelyn unspools a tale of ruthless ambition, unexpected friendship, and a great forbidden love. But as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in a tragic and irreversible ways. So that's what the story is about. Exciting. So everybody buckle up for Evelyn Hugo. Very exciting. All right. Well, we hope everybody likes our podcast. You can follow our podcast. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Goodreads. Goodreads. If you like us and you want to get updates about what we're reading, we also have an Amazon link to purchase your books. So, I hope so you find like, us. share, subscribe. <laughs> Tell all your friends. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.